Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary, an audio-only edition. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for tuning in today. Uh, we are only in podcast form, so remember, rate, review, subscribe wherever you can. Having a bit of a camera issue today. So, uh, coming up on the show today, it is going to be the waiver wire show as we go into the fantasy football semifinals. Uh, plus, we will be looking at the stupid good fantasy football team, and it's a diary entry off of the Flames win last night over the Florida Panthers, and we'll close today with today's ticket. As always, you can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at PrimetimeKlein, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK, and you can email this show, CouchPotatoDiary, at yahoo.com. If you are looking for more big picture thoughts on the Flames win last night, I was on Game Over Calgary. You can check that out now. I'm also going to be on Sportsnet 960 The Fan uh, all this week, coming up today from 1 p.m. Mountain Time to 3 p.m. Same thing for tomorrow. And then Thursday, Friday, I am mornings from 6 to 9 a.m. So with all of that being said, let's get into the show. All right, it is time for fantasy football talk. Uh, Let's look at the waiver wire going into your fantasy playoffs. Uh, It's not the best option. Quarterback streaming in the playoffs feels pretty difficult right now. It seems like a lot of quarterbacks are locked in. Uh, But we will go with Joe Flacco. He's 25% owned against the Houston Texans. Um, The the Texans didn't put up or didn't give up a ton of points last week, but that was to Will Levis. So you can probably forgive them for that. Um... I, Flacco has been all right. Like I said, I don't think there are a lot of weak winning options out there. Um, at running back, Zamir White, 16% owned. Vegas put up a ton of points last week, obviously, but Josh Jacobs has been banged up and not able to go in some of these games. So I think you have to, you, you have the potential of a, a number one running back on your team if you're picking up Zamir White. Uh, Enrico Dowdle at 11% owned. I would have a difficult time putting him in the starting lineup, but if anything happens to Tony Pollard in the next couple of weeks, you have a major option. And even if you are desperate, he has still been getting some work around the goal line. So I, I think you are able to, to potentially capitalize on some goal line opportunities and get Rico Dowdle into your lineup again, if you are incredibly desperate. At wide receiver, you have to go Josh Palmer. He is 29% owned. He gets a couple of good looks in the end zone last week for the the Chargers when they were attempting a bit of a comeback against the Raiders late. Um, It was garbage time. The whole game was garbage time. So I, I don't know if you can necessarily read too much into it, but I do think Josh Palmer is going to get a lot of looks with the LA Chargers. And Jamison Williams continues to get more targets for Detroit, and he continues to be an explosive option for Detroit. I just, I believe in the talent. I would want him on my team in in case there's a a chance for a big blow up in the next couple of weeks. At tight end, again, not a lot of great options out there. 34%. I think you got to go Kate Otten um, with uh, with Tampa Bay. That offense is moving things a little bit. So I, I think that's, I think that's the way to go there. And the streaming defense this week, the Bears taking on an Arizona team that has continued to struggled. So those are some of the players to to potentially help you out in the fantasy football uh, semifinals if you're still around this week. All right. Fantasy football can be very cruel um, and especially playoff time. Big performances coming out of nowhere. Um, Guys who you think should have big performances aren't. 
And so each week I go over the guys who are the least owned in fantasy football who put up the most fantasy points to just show how frustrating this can be. So we do it this week. This may surprise you. Couple Raiders on this list. And we start with Aiden O'Connell at quarterback. Just 5% owned, which honestly feels like 5% too much. Um, and he puts up 25.9 fantasy points. Zamir White, Raider running back, who we just talked about in the waiver wire. 16% owned. 14 and a half fantasy points. The other running back, remember this guy from earlier in the year, Imari DeMarcado for Arizona. 3% owned, 13 fantasy points. At wide receiver, I'm a Raider fan and I barely heard of this guy, Trey Tucker, 0% owned, 17.7 fantasy points. At wide receiver, it's Josh Palmer, 29% owned, so a little high for this, uh, but 17.3 fantasy points. At tight end, it's Hunter Henry, 24% owned, 12.6 fantasy points. In our flex, it's Jamal Agnew, 0% owned again, 13 fantasy points. Our kicker, uh, Kaimi Fairbairn, the number one kicker of the week was 1% owned, and he put up 17 fantasy points. And our defense... The Vegas Raiders, 25% owned, 25 fantasy points. This team, full of guys that maybe one of them was started um, in a few leagues in the playoffs, 156.02 fantasy points. It's just, it's a cruel game that we play sometimes. Um, okay, let's shift to the National Hockey League now. And the Calgary Flames with a win last night over the Florida Panthers. Um, and so, like I said, bigger picture stuff, I covered that on Game Over. Um, let's do a diary entry here, where, again, if you're new to the podcast, I just go through, kind of blow by blow, and, um, and just kind of give my thoughts. I take notes on every game that I watch, so th this is just kind of me emptying the notebook for this one. So we start the game, and Andrew Mangiapane is buzzing. He gets a chance in tight. Um, he then crashes into Stolarz, and it's a, a penalty. Florida's power play didn't do a whole lot with it, but Mangiapane, um, that line kind of cooled as the game went on, but to start the game, he was flying. Calgary gets a power play early on. It stalls out again. Um, that was the case all game long. Just a, a, another awful performance from this, this Calgary Flames power play. But they keep the pressure on, Possible drives to the net, and he scores. It's a, a, a well, I guess they weren't keeping the pressure on, because it, it starts with a breakout. Um, Kadri with a nice chip off the wall to Pospisil, and he just goes. It's not breakaway speed, but I think it's it's more speed than people were expecting from him when he came up. He throws the backhand on goal, and it goes into the net. And this is, it's something I talked about in Game Over, and it's something I've talked about with this team in the past. It's the simplicity from the kids that you love. There was someone else driving towards the net with him. Could have tried to throw a backhand pass in front and hope it bounces off of something and goes in, but instead, just put it on goal. Because if it gets stopped, maybe it bounces in front anyway and it creates that opportunity. Like, basically use it as a potential pass, but it ends up being a shot. And that is exactly what, what ends up happening. It's a shot. Stolarz just misses it. And it goes in and Calgary's up 1-0. Um, at the other end, Sam Bennett gets a good look that stopped. Kachuk is a real strong net front presence there. And this was an issue for Calgary all game long and has been an issue for Calgary all season long. The net front has been a real problem for the Flames. They, they have not done a good job of clearing out the front of the net. And that was the case in this game as well. And it, it rears its ugly head again later on. Um, Rodriguez was pushing real good in the first period. Didn't notice him as much in the back part of the game, um, but he gets a, a pretty good look here off of a, a rush opportunity. Calgary's on the power play. Um, Rasmus Anderson gets called for interference, so Bennett goes to the box. 
Frustrating penalty for, for, for Rasmus to take. Um, he's been better at that this year, but every now and then there's a little bit of, hey, could you not? That would be great. Um, on that power play, it, it ends a power play, so it's four on four. Florida does get the power play. It's a scramble. Reinhardt gets a rebound, and he scores. And there are two guys for the Panthers um, closest to the goal before there's a, a Flames defenseman there. And it, it's just, I know it's a power play, so you're kind of spread out a little bit, but that that cannot happen. And it does. And Florida ties this game up at one. And it kind of felt like in the back part of this first period, Calgary was just holding on for dear life. Um, but they get into the second period, tied at one. Kachuk starts the second period like a bat out of hell. He was pretty noticeable throughout this game, as as one would imagine. Um, Nazem Kadri draws a penalty. The power play doesn't get the job done again until the last, like, 30 seconds. They, they, they just... I don't even want to criticize the, the coaching on the power play because they never get set up. Um, it, it's a real issue with, with any type of penalty kill that they have some real problems just not getting set up in the offensive zone. Uh, they flashed up a stat. Calgary has five wins this season when scoring first. It's the fewest in the NHL. That's really bad. Uh, where are we? Oh, Zari um, gets a, a good look off of a, a possible rebound chance. It's good control from this line again. Um, and it's Zari doing those hustle plays and those dirty plays to not like dirty in like a slew foot, but like dirty in the, um, you, you have to grind it out sort of a, um, sort of plays. I thought he was great in, in this game again. Um, and Kadri was just kind of guiding all of it. Third period, Calgary gets another power play. Uyghur shot stopped, but again, not much of a setup. Florida gets a power play opportunity. Um, Hannafin gets a steal off of a bit of an errant Reinhardt pass. Quick up to, to Michael Backlund, and he pushes down the ice. Backhand scores, and the Flames take a 2-1 to lead. Again, I love how aggressive they are on the penalty kill. Um, they are looking to push for offense constantly, and Michael Backlund continues to lead that charge. And you just... You love to see it from a flame standpoint. So Calgary takes the two to one lead. Um, Bennett with a really good luck. Markstrom makes the save. And this is something that Markstrom needs to do if there's going to be the net front issues that Calgary has. It is a, a, a good shot from Sam Bennett and Markstrom controls the rebound entirely. Kachuk is right there, but it's strong goaltending to make that stop and keep Calgary out in front. Once Calgary took the lead, Florida really pushed and Markstrom shined in this game one more time. Uh, Coleman gets his stick broken by Ekblad. It's a penalty. One of the best looks on the power play comes on a Forsling two-on-one. Um, that ends up getting broken up, but still, it's a dangerous opportunity, and the Flames didn't have much. There was a wraparound try for Huberto late. You like that he actually put it on goal, um, but it doesn't end up going in. Um... Then Sam Bennett draws a penalty. Backlund gets another rush chance off of it. That stopped. Again, constantly pushing for offense. Things you love to see on the penalty kill. Uh, and then it gets into the six on five. And Florida is scrambling for the equalizer. Calgary clears. It goes um, off of Backlund's stick. Nudges Huberto a touch and goes out of play. Um, so it is called for... Um, uh, for delay of game. So it's a six on four to end the game, basically. There's a scramble in front. It's one of those runs where there's a pile up in the crease and the puck just kind of squirts out in the slot and it just, it screams, oh, this is a goal. But Markstrom in the defense is strong when they need to be and they're able to, to seal it away. Coleman gets the breakaway. He gets the puck hacked away from him, but it's on an empty net. So it's, it would have been a penalty shot, but it's a goal because there's no goalie. Although, should make him still shoot that. Come on, you, you got it. There could be a chance he misses. So I... I, 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 overall, like the, the Flames take this one three to one. Overall, I do not think the better team won this game. 
Um, like, I, I don't think the Flames played better than the Florida Panthers. Let, let's take a look real quick um, at the, uh, the the money puck deserved to win a meter. Because um, I just, I, I thought Florida kind of controlled most of this game, and Calgary gets a couple of rush chances and they score. Um, so, like, good for them for taking advantage of, of their opportunities. Uh, but yeah, the deserve to win meter has the, the Florida Panthers right around 60%, um, which means that the Flames are right around 40%. It was, it was really controlled by the Florida Panthers, and I, I don't, but it, it's, it's weird because, like, Florida didn't even get goalied until late when Markstrom made a few good saves. They, they just didn't create a whole lot of dangerous chances. Um, so I guess, like, credit Calgary, but they just... The, the Flames didn't really put a whole lot of pressure on Florida for much of this game. Uh, but they end up coming away with a win. It's now a bit of a break for the Flames. They play again on Thursday. So, that is uh, your Flames Diary entry. Let's close the show today with today's ticket. We have four games on the uh, on the ticket today after we went one and two yesterday. Uh, we'll start in the NHL. Edmonton minus a goal and a half against the Islanders. The Oilers are just playing such good hockey right now. Um, and the Islanders are playing better for sure, but I don't think they have the offensive firepower to keep up with Edmonton. Uh, it's a very chalky ticket today. Boston minus a goal and a half against Minnesota. The Wild are starting to come back down to earth a little bit. Um, and I, I think Boston wins this one convincingly. We stick with Boston going to the NBA. It is um, the, the Celtics minus five and a half against Golden State. I think with no Draymond Green, um, that this Golden State team, how they are playing right now, doesn't have a hope against Boston. I think this one is a, boy, there's real problems in Golden State after this. And lastly, uh, New Orleans minus six and a half against Memphis. The, uh, the, the Grizzlies just do not have any kind of firepower to, or the defensive wherewithal to slow down what New Orleans could be looking to do. So that is today's ticket. And that's today's show. Bit of a quick one today, but I did three shows yesterday. So that's what it's going to be. Uh, tomorrow will probably be a bit of a quicker one as well. It is buy sell day. Gonna look at NHL teams that I'm buying, NBA teams that I'm buying, NHL teams that we're selling, NBA teams that we are selling as well. Also going to look at the schedules for the teams in the playoff races and make our predictions in the NFL. Thursday is going to be power rankings day. Friday, it's fights to make after UFC 296, and it's going to be your NFL preview. Um, also, like I said before, I'm going to be on Sportsnet 960 The Fan all this week and next week, the 27th, 28th, 29th. I'm going to be doing mornings. Um, also, I am... No, I'm not back on Game Over until the 27th, so never mind any of that. All right. Um, thank you guys so much. Oh, also, I'm going to be on the Fresh Take Network doing their uh, year-in-review show. I'm not exactly sure when that's going to run, uh, but we're going to be doing that pretty soon. Um, so anyway, follow me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at PrimetimeKline, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK, and you can email this show, CouchPotatoDiary, at yahoo.com. Thank you all so much, and I will talk to all of you later. Have a good day, everybody. <laughs>